Thank you for tuning in to Kineticast. I'm your host, Bo Sauls. Today, we have Dr. Ryan DeBell from the Movement Fix podcast joining us to talk about technology and healthcare. We both utilize technology and healthcare differently. I use it in the care with the patient, while Ryan uses it in the business growth aspect. This really is a great way to think about technology and healthcare because in one way, you're freeing up time to learn more about the patient and learn more about their psychosocial manners. And on the other end, you're freeing up time for whatever you need to do for your business and your patients because your business development and growth is automated and going through technology instead of taking up your time where you can't be with patients. We also talk about Ryan's theory, the T-Tool, and how he became the person he is today so we can see a little bit of the history of the Movement Fix podcast and the development of the T-Tool. For more information about the technology I use, Kineticense, go to www.kineticense.com where you can book your free online demo. Let's get started with the next episode, Technology and Healthcare, with the Movement Fix's own Dr. Ryan DeBell. Today we have Dr. Ryan DeBell from the Movement Fix podcast. Ryan graduated from the University of Western States where he earned his master's degree in sports and exercise science and his doctorates in chiropractic. Dr. Ryan, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Yeah, so I have to tell you, um, your podcast is one that I listened through uh, in chiropractic school, and I would tell people to make sure to listen to it. It's something I'd plug into the car on the way in, and um, it definitely keeps you focused on different aspects of movement and different uh, things of movement. It kind of helped me uh, formulate my podcast a little bit and what I wanted to focus on, so it's an honor for me to have you on this podcast as well. Well, I appreciate that, and I'm glad I was uh, in your car for hopefully many hours. <laughs> I've heard your voice more than you've heard mine, that's for sure. Um, now this, yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah, like it, when you, it when is. When you listen to someone else's podcast, you kind of feel like you know them, but you don't. No. Right? Well, we met in uh, Parker, Vegas, that one, you were selling uh, the other T-Tool up there. And yeah, that was, in, that was right before the pandemic. Yes, that was the last time we were actually able to do things in public, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, gosh. I wonder if like that that seems like it would have been a potential event where uh, nobody knew about it and it spread because there are people from all over the world at that event. Oh, de- oh definitely. And people that traveled to China at that event, you know? Like it is what it is. So yeah. um an interesting thing I kind of talked to you about this a little bit, but um you and I focus similarly. We focus on movement and we like to involve technology into movement. And I like to involve technology into healthcare. It's something I speak about. Um, so I know you've gotten to do different podcasts, you've gotten to see different technologies and obviously I utilize a 3d movement screening technology, but it's, it's good to have you on to, so you can give your opinion and different, some different things you've learned through time. So let's get to talking a little bit. Um, you want to talk about how you got into chiropractic school and you got to where you are now? Yeah. Well, I first, I went to business school, um, Whenever I say I went to business school, people think that means an MBA. I went to undergrad, so I switched to information systems and technology, or management of information systems, which was essentially um, the whole curriculum was knowing enough about many different things so that you could manage experts in the particular areas. Um, So it was more like a a mile wide and inch deep is how they described it, versus you know being an expert in one particular thing, you're a mile deep and an inch wide. So I think that always kind of made me appreciate the power of being somewhat of a generalist in a way where if you know a lot, if you know a little bit or, you know, a fair amount about a lot of different things, you can see connections 
that are invisible to other people because you have enough knowledge about enough things that you can see how they sort of fit together. So anyways, I, I had some internships after, like while I was in business school and um, I just was not interested in the work that those <laughs> internships would lead me to. And um, so I was like, I'm just going to do something health related because I was very into health and, and working out. And I had, I had had like this weird little knee kind of thing that prevented me from running. And I went to physical therapy and, it, and I didn't have any results. And I went to a chiropractor who did uh, ART. And for whatever reason, that really helped me. Um, and so I decided to go to chiropractic school. But if I had gone to a physical, like if I had gone to a physical therapist who had done like maybe a different physical therapist, maybe I would have gone to physical therapy school. So it was sort of just based on sort of a random experience yeah. when I sort of retrospectively look at it. And then I just went to the closest one to where I lived. So that was in Portland. So I went to the Western States. Um, and then after I graduated, I started a practice and I started teaching workshops because I was very into CrossFit at the time. Uh, I'd been doing it for like six years by the time I graduated. And so I just um, taught what I thought was important to trainers who were into the CrossFit methodology. And then that just became popular, I guess. And, and so I had the opportunity to travel around and teach that uh, workshop that I made to lots of people all over the world, which was really exciting and sort of not planned. It just sort of organically happened. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I got kind of tired of traveling so much. So then I shifted gears and I started to make, um, digital products like self-help type programs so people could have something to do on their own. Because uh, my hypothesis at that time was there's probably a lot of people out there who have sort of low-level problems that they will not go to a clinic for, but they are looking for help. But they don't want to go to a clinic and do their insurance. And So I made programs that are, you know, generic, which generic programs have a weakness, but, you know, all human bodies follow similar rules so you can make some generic things and they work um, so I made those for people who want to sort of take things into their own hands and utilizing technology to do that so I built the website and I built the digital products and all the automations and all the delivery stuff and the membership stuff and then I had to figure out the digital marketing because just because you make things doesn't mean people will buy them <laughs> right uh, <laughs> that's definitely something I think in, especially in healthcare that like we don't get because you know a lot of times in healthcare we think you know we're the person you know, like <laughs> we're the provider yeah um and you know we're not that important so so marketing is really important because you need to show people what it is that um, they would benefit from because a product and a business is really about giving your customer more than you're charging <clears throat> and the way you do that is you make your products really useful so the use of them is more valuable than the cash amount that you're charging the customer. And so they actually have an incentive to buy it because they're getting more out of it than they're paying. So that, you know, so you have to, marketing is really just explaining that. So that has to be true. You know, like your products and your services need to be more valuable to the person buying them than the amount of money. And so if that's true, then marketing is very easy because you're just explaining why that's true to the right people. Um, so then, um, yeah, so I was doing digital products and uh, I sold my clinic 
almost three years ago now because I wanted to pursue education and starting some other businesses. So then I started T-Tool with a friend, uh, which is a physical product business. And um, so I've primarily been focusing on T-Tool and Movement Fix podcasts. And uh, so that's really what I'm doing now. And, and honestly, I just, I really think that humans are meant to grow up. And when I say up, I don't mean old. I mean up as in like vertically in a sense. <laughs> Because we all we all anatomically grow old, right. you know. So it's not about growing old; it's about growing and expanding. And so I've just always been trying to not stagnate by going into new things, exploring new territories, trying new um, businesses. To with really the goal is to just help people have better health. Because I think if we help people, if we help other human beings have better physical health, it enables them to live a more full and flourished life and so that's really like the central theme that I try to focus around with whatever I'm doing is is that which took me a long time to figure that out um <laughs> that's a part yeah, of the so growth that, process right hmm? that's a part of your growth process though yeah I think realizing what you're actually trying to do <laughs> yeah well <laughs> you know <laughs> that's what everybody's like, trying to figure out <laughs> everybody's trying to figure that out right and it's a big problem because you know, everybody's looking for their, you know, their purpose, right? Yeah. Like we often, we have a purpose. You get to, you get to decide what you want your purpose. I mean, that's my belief is that we all have the luxury of deciding what we care about. And I don't think there's a moment where we discover it. I think there's a moment when you decide it, right. um, which is a big distinction. So anyways, so yeah, that's sort of the, the path. And um, I constantly don't know what I'm going to do next. So it's sort of like always on edge i guess that's kind of wild you know i always never <laughs> yeah. know what you're gonna do next <laughs> um, yeah no which i i i don't know i like that it's when i feel the most alive that's cool well I, there's one thing i identify well i didn't say that right up front but you you have a comment on your movement fix podcast that says i do not identify as a chiropractor because i mm. believe labels pigeonhole us right um yes i do a, because a, we identify with like think about this we identify ourselves as a as a human being who has infinite possibilities. Like you have at this moment, you could change your mind and do anything you wanted to do. Yeah. It's one of the amazing things about living in a free society that I don't think people who even live in a free society realize that you could just do anything that you want, uh, with really the limit being the laws and you know your ability to not have physical items in the in the short term while you're building that. Yeah, so we go to school and then we identify ourselves as a profession, which is really just, you know, somebody kind of, you know, yeah. made it up and then made it a, a name and then made schools and then made degrees. And then we identify ourselves by that, which now we've basically cut off all other possibilities. When you identify yourself as a profession, you cut off all possibilities to do anything outside of the lines created by somebody else. Uh, and I think that's a major um, a thing that prevents the ability to grow yeah. and expand, which I think is, uh, you know, it's good to grow and expand. So, but, but the other thing is, too, I think that, it, like, I'm not saying don't be a chiropractor, don't practice, don't do that, right? I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I'm right. saying if you, if you identify that with that, then when there's, like, alternative hypotheses, for example, about treatments that might be helpful for somebody – if it's not what chiropractors quote unquote do, then you're not going to explore new ways of helping people. Um, 
and and then you get defensive like oh that's a physical therapy thing and it's right. like why, why does that matter are we not people trying to help other people and uh, the human body is the same you know whether you went to chiropractic school or medical school or physical therapy school so um, if the goal is to help other people physically get over their um, physical issues I don't think that we should put a border around what we do uh, as long as it's legal and in the scope. Right. So, yeah, that's why <laughs> that's why I say that. No, I mean, I, I, I say the same thing, man. I completely agree yeah. with you. You have to think, like, we, in the clinic, we call ourselves, everyone always asks, well, are you chiropractors? And, like, we're chiropractors by license, but we're movement doctors. We're going to help you move better, and we're going to help find that your movement dysfunctions, and that's what we're going to focus on those patterns, and that's what we're going to go after. And if we get stuck to where we're adjusting the spine only, well, sometimes you're going to miss some things and we have to make sure that we're looking at the person as a unit. And I think that's, that's a part of what you talk about where you're looking at, um, your growth and your growth as a practitioner. I think it's important to look at the patient as a, as a unit, right? That there's multiple systems working together. So you want to analyze and you want to look at multiple systems instead of just focusing in one area. Yeah, and, and I think also understanding that every person that you see and work with has a totally different psychological construct of, of how they think about their body right. and how they think about themselves, which really can change what you do. Because um, somebody might be like really comfortable working out, and another person, they are terrified of weight, and there's so much fear, and there's so many other things that they have to get over. So I think, you know, the biopsychosocial model is really important yeah. to understand the psych, the psycho and the social. I think that we're really good at the bio and, and we generally continue researching the bio, even though we definitely know enough about the bio to help 99.9% of people yeah. and getting people to change their behaviors, you know, yep. getting people to change their behaviors and have a positive mental attitude and be, and be committed and follow through. Those are really important parts. No, definitely. And they, they feed on each other, correct? So whenever you're having someone that's moving more and that's actually doing more things, they're going to have a better mentality when they're, and it's going to make them move more. And that's going to, it's going to build on itself. Um, exactly. I think Integrated that's Integrated system, like you said. Yeah. Multiple systems wrapped into one body. <laughs> right. Like you can't separate one. Why are we treating them separately? It has to be treated together. And that's, yeah, that's definitely. a big piece. And I agree with you with the pigeonholing. And that's like when I read that, like, I think I might've read that. Uh, I don't know when I read that, <laughs> but when I saw that, I was, I was like, okay, that's exactly the same kind of philosophy we're running under here because uh, we have people come in all the time. Like you said, different reasons, different bodies. You have a sprained ankle walk in. If you treat it, they may be able to move full range of motion, be weight bearing, but they still may limp because their brain is going to restrict them. Um, yeah, or they're scared or right. they don't have confidence, but it's like actually biologically, it's totally fine. Yeah. But there's so much psychological, uh, so many psychological loops sort of twisted together in their mind that uh, <laughs> it creates the biological you know, a pseudo biological problem, I guess you could say. What can hinder, hinder their uh, performance or hinder their advancement during care and then they start to go slower because they're not even using that foot or using that leg anymore. So, right, and then you just go down like a disuse loop. Yep. Man, we yeah. could go, well, I think we could go for days on that one. So, uh, <laughs> um, I really like how you talk about uh, you're utilizing technology in healthcare and um, you're doing it differently. You're, you're providing, uh, and I, I think you're right here. There are a lot of people that have lower level uh, injuries, pains, whatever you want to call it, or issues 
that are not going to go to a practitioner and they're not going to go spend that time, take off work, go through their insurance, pay cash, whatever it is, they won't do that. And it's interesting that you've created these programs so that people can start to work on themselves and do it almost remotely. Like you're ahead of the time with yeah. COVID and with everything that's going on with COVID, we're all moving remote. Well, there it is. Yeah, yeah. I felt, um, I mean, COVID was tough, but yeah, I was in a position where most of my business was digital already. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're all going there. And I think that there's a huge demand for one-on-one care, for sure. Right. Coaching is so important, the accountability. But yeah, I mean, if you look like how many people are Googling and going to YouTube <clears throat> to look for things to help themselves, right? Yep. So if people are already, I, I just figured like, if people are already looking for those things. I might as well make the best possible version I can and make it available on the internet because I think the internet is the greatest leveraging tool ever created in the history of humanity. Yep. Um, and to not use it, I, just, I think of like, movement fix as like this little piece of the internet that I built or and then I'm constantly building so that people can access it yeah uh, because I think that everybody has the ability I mean I don't think I'm, everybody has the ability to build a little piece of the internet and that's what the internet is it's people building part of a digital world and so I'm trying to build a little part of the digital world that helps people help themselves with their shoulders and hips and backs um, in a way that's completely automated so that I can spend my time um, doing other projects because internet technology allows you to fully automate basically everything if you, you know, figure it, figure out how to do it, right. which, you know, just go to Google and it's <laughs> all there for free. Yeah. It's, just a matter, it's just a matter of doing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just figured there's a lot of people out there looking for stuff and so I might as well make good stuff that people can use to help themselves. Well, I think that um, that's kind of what I was going to get into with what we're talking about here is uh, creating new processes and combining technologies to better help the patients and be able to help more and different people, right? Like that's combining the things that uh, we have right now is what's going to help more people overall. Um, so during like during the movement fix, going through these podcasts, have you what kind of interesting technologies have you already utilized? I know you said you sold your practice, but you were still using it while you were there too. Which technologies? Yeah, what technologies did you uh, did you kind of gravitate towards, or what things did you? I know we're going to get into the T tool because obviously we got a couple of those in the clinic, and uh, or we have them on the way to the clinic. We just got some, and we're going to start utilizing those. I'll talk to I want to talk about those in a sec, but um, like anything that sticks out in your head just from the time you spent with the podcast, because I gravitated toward kinetosense because it's. Uh, objective data analytics and we can highlight movement patterns and gait, functional movement, all these different areas and that way I can have a scoring system for patients instead of me saying subjectively what a movement screen is here's some objective data from some technology that we can use and let's see your progress and see where we need to work better. That's kind of where I went um, and that's that was my main focus but what what would you say that you've pulled out of movement fix? Interesting you know most of the technology that I think about and that I use is for the business running, yeah. not for necessarily like the interventions. But I, I did I did do um, a couple podcasts a few years ago with Mario Novo, who's a doctor of physical therapy, and um, he, he knows he's such a well researched um, and educated guy. Um, but we did we talked about mo- different motion sensors. Um, and a lot about the science of BFR. Yeah. Um, but that's, 
I think that's probably, I think that's mostly it. I don't know that I've done a lot about like movement technologies on the on the podcast. Most of the technology stuff is business related, I think. Well, that's interesting too because then you see like uh, for me, I'm I'm kind of gravitating toward technologies that are utilized in care and utilized uh, yeah. in the patient, and you're you've gravitated toward technologies that are almost automating everything for you on yeah. these different scales, which is really cool. It just shows different routes on it. Yeah, I mean. Automated technology is essentially like you can build you can build yourself an army of little worker robots that are basically code that work for you for a very very low amount of money, and so you can make yourself an army of little of robots who are out there in the internet doing doing jobs for you. <laughs> That's how I think of it. There's a uh, army of Ryan's out there just uh, just waiting <laughs> to strike right now on everybody's oh, uh, cell phones. No. <laughs> I thought about I thought about naming them depending on their function, having little meetings with them. No. <laughs> oh yeah, just change. performance change. checks. Well, if they have a, if they if the robot has a certain role, they should have certain uh, business metrics to make sure they're doing a good job. And then if they need help, you got to help them. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's true. So let's go ahead and talk about the T tool. So you designed okay. a uh, a tool to help with myofascial work, and um, I have some generic scraping tools that I that I got online and we, we just hit the point where it was time to hit a more versatile tool and one that maybe yeah. we don't need to keep switching between which ones we're using. So if you want to jump into there on, on why you built that. Sure. Well, I didn't design it. I, I didn't have the original idea. Um, I, uh, I founded the company with a um, colleague of mine that we went to school together. So he, he had the original design and then wanted to work with me to build a company, bring it to market, get the manufacturing done, distribution, all that stuff. And um, yeah, so he had the first sort of idea of it and then we refined it and then we brought it to market and had to find how to make it. But the idea was I had basically every, and I had tried and used every IASTM tool. And and yeah, I mean, once the patent of Graston ran out and everybody started to basically just replicate their tools and it was a race to the bottom to see who could basically shave pieces off of metal into a certain shape for the lowest amount of money and right. I mean that's essentially what it is because in you know in, in any business you're either you're either playing a game of low cost or you're playing a game of differentiation so in the ISTM world it's such a great example of this like if you if you were to do like a business case study it's perfect right yeah. if you were going to make an ISTM company or a company that made these metal gua sha type tools, if if your if your tools are exactly the same feature wise as everybody else's, which is what the market was until we launched T Tool, um, you basically are competing on who can who can price the lowest. With T Tool, we realize that there's a real ability to make something that's much better ergonomically uh, for the provider, and also we know that. <laughs> We know that sliding a piece of metal on the skin is not going to break up scar tissue. Right. I mean, that's just nonsense at this point. There may be sometimes, uh, there's an article on the TTOL website about this, uh, about these hyaluronic acid aggregates that we may be disrupting by changing the hydration of the tissue and because of the polarity of the hyaluronic acid molecule. Anyways, I don't remember all the details, but I did when I wrote the article on the site, but <laughs> anyway, so check out on the blog. Yeah, I'll go look at it. <laughs> um, but so we were like, why would we make the edges sharp? Because all these tools, they have such sharp edges. And like the, the thought that you're going to break up dense collagen 
and not break the skin first has always just struck struck me as being very strange. You're literally sliding it on the surface of the skin. How could you possibly be breaking up anything? So, you know, we wanted to make it so that you didn't break capillaries in the skin and get all this petechiae and then pat yourself on the back thinking that you did a good, did a good job when what you really did was break capillaries in the skin. So we made, so we thought of it as an opportunity to make smoother, more blunt edges. And, you know, I really think of T-Tool more as like, this is going to sound sort of weird, but like a paintbrush in a sense yeah. where like, it is like this universal ISTM paintbrush where we're not saying there's a certain technique to do. We're not saying that there's certain strokes that you have to do and that there's certain ways you have to twist it. It's literally like a universal soft tissue treatment tool that can replace your thumbs and your, your knuckles and everything. And you can do with it whatever you want. If you want to do scraping, you can do that. If you want to do pin and stretch, you can do that. If you want to do a scheme of compression, you can do that. And so that required a different shape because you can't do that with a flat piece of metal. Right. So uh, yeah, we had to create it in a totally different way. We have to manufacture it in a much more challenging way because it's really easy to make a flat piece of metal. You literally just have a design, you send it to a company and they put it in a machine and it just cuts it. And it's right. like, probably costs like $5 yeah. <laughs> and they charge like $2,000. <laughs> yes. um, so I thought that there was a way to make something ergonomically better for providers, something that was better for clients because you don't need to break the skin capillaries and rub really sharp edges of metal on people, um, and a way to lower the total cost of having a high-quality set of tools. Because, yeah, is it a piece of metal? Yes, of course it's a piece of metal. Could you use a knife? Or a butter knife. This is what people. You, know, you should see the Facebook ad comments that we get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we get some too, man. Don't don't worry. It is, it is oh, what yeah. it is. <laughs> oh my god! What three hundred three hundred dollars? What? Oh my god! You could get this on Amazon for five dollars. <laughs> Show me the listing. No, you can't. Uh, or but but what people say be like, I could use a you know I could use a, a spoon, and it's like yes. You could use a spoon, but then you're going to be a medical provider rubbing your patients with a spoon. spoon. Yeah, exactly. And, and no one's uh, going to come see you for that, that. Is that what you want your clients to tell? They're like, oh, yeah, I went to my chiropractor and they rubbed a spoon on me. It's, it's about differentiation, right? You Ryan. really want your clients to tell their friends that you rub spoons on them? <laughs> so uh, we wanted to make a, a high-quality soft tissue treatment tool that's ergonomic and that is like nice and professional and makes you feel like good about what you're doing not that you're like rubbing spoons on people rubbing butter knives on people like yeah. no there's like i want to i want to help elevate the profession and right. i think part of doing that is making professional grade products that are great and trying and, and trying to manufacture them so i can sell them for less than what the other professional products are like you, like for example, you could buy a twenty dollars set on Amazon, but they're not great quality. Right. So if you want great quality, you have to pay two thousand dollars or four hundred dollars for one flat tool. And so we price T tool way below, and it can replace an entire set of thousands. So we were trying to, you know, do a lot of things with the creation of this product, and uh, yeah. 
think we did. No, it's great. I mean, I wouldn't we wouldn't be putting them in our clinic if if I thought otherwise, honestly. But I think the the valuable part too is that it's versatile and you and it's one tool. So if you're working on an area and you want to switch or you want to switch to something else, well, you have the option right there in your hand, and I, and I think that's great. You talked about. Uh, technology. Well, there's your technology right there that you're providing for patients for patient care. You know what I mean? Like you, we talked about, you did technology in the background, yeah. but you, there it is. You you are providing technology um, during care and to help patients get better and in a faster way. So um, I'm excited to start utilizing it. I'm going to be using it to. I use I use the system to measure ranges of motion and different uh, measure movement patterns, and I'll be using the T tool to treat and then do pre post with the system. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, we're also making, um, we're in the process of making a uh, sort of a consumer version of T-Tool also so that people could, you know, use it at home, massage their themselves or their partner or their friends or whatever. Pull out in the gym. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make, we're trying to make it, at, like, I think that it's important for us to make the, des- like, I think the design is really the value of T-Tool. Yeah. And so we're trying to make that as widely available as possible because, um, you know, it's really hard and expensive to make it in stainless steel. I don't think people realize that it's, it's cheap to make a flat one for sure. (laughs) But, um, to make it the way we make it, it's not cheap. Um, and so the price can't be low to enough for, you know, people who don't use it necessarily professionally to benefit from it. So we're trying to make it, uh, uh, a lower cost version in different materials. Gotcha. So that'll, you know, come out in a couple months, I think. Well, that's cool, and I think that'll, I, again, helping people get more tools for at home, and that that can kind of fit exactly. right into what you're doing with the uh, like the low level injury, low level pain levels, and all that. You'll be able to have an option for them, like, hey, if you're looking for something to work on yourself, here's here's a cheaper version of the tool that we use medically. Yep. So. Yeah, exactly. I've been testing different materials. Yeah, because you know the surface finish is really important. So, well, the friction. Like, you'll see. Well, your T tools are in the they're in the mail. They got shipped yesterday, I believe. Yeah, I got your email. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> automated email. Yeah, I know. Uh, Don't worry. I knew it was a robot. As soon as you were going through it, I was like, man, I, I feel like these are all robots at this point. <laughs> Everything's robots. Yeah, they're all. They were all robots. All right. <laughs> well, Ryan, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate talking. Um, I think the big point is. I, I like to get across is combining different technologies and combining different processes to help people get better. And it's cool to see how you have taken that to a different vantage point than we normally talk about. We normally talk about processes in the clinic and you mm-hmm. talk about processes outside and providing for people that won't even come to the clinic. So that's, that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, technology can free up human time. Yes. And, and that's what I think is the most important because technology right now cannot create things. It cannot provide a certain service. It cannot provide a one-on-one human-to-human interaction. So I really think technology, we should use it in the sense of the business side, you know, not the anal- analysis and all that type of stuff. We should be using that to free up human time to do things that just human beings can do, right. like create and do one-on-one relational type things uh and so that's really the you know i think if that could be built into more people's clinics it would allow them to have more time to help more people in a in a way that is unique uh to human human to human interaction or creative stuff 
No, I can I completely agree, and that's and talking about the system, the kinetics that I use, that's saving me time on functional movement screens, gait analysis. Anybody can do that, CAs, anybody, because it's a system that's recording the body in motion. So we take that data. That's time I save doing the screens. Yeah. But then I can still use the exact same data that I would have taken if I had done. I had looked at the screens. All I'm doing is looking at data reports. So. And then I can also, if I want to, I can visualize the motion and patients love to see themselves, but, um, that you're, you know what I mean? Like put them on the TV. Yeah. They're like, Oh my gosh, it's amazing. But, um, TV, the TV adds 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, what we did is we made the image smaller. The women are very happy. Um, but, uh, so we use the, we use that to save us time and then we can not have to do so much in the full overall analysis, we can do more of our breakouts and get into treatment and get in some rehabs faster. So I completely agree with mm. you. Yeah, that's great. And, and that, that like allows you to have more time to like talk to the patient yes. and explain and help them in the psycho and the social Bingo. Yep. part, you know? Exactly what we're talking about in the beginning. So, it brings yeah. it all back. Came all the way. All the way back, Ryan. We all made it. the way around. All the way. And that was human. That wasn't robotic. That was perfect, Ryan. <laughs> Great job. All right. Well, thanks for ha- thanks for joining me, Ryan. Um, yeah. every, uh, listeners, check out the Movement Fix. I've listened to it for years. You get great information on there. Uh, Dr. Ryan's smart guy, and he has some great guests on there. So thanks, Ryan, and we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate um, you having me on and all the work that goes on behind the scenes that people don't realize has to happen to make a podcast available you know it takes work it takes energy it takes focus so i appreciate you having me on thank you for listening to this episode and again thank you for dr ryan from the movement fix podcast for joining us talking about technology and healthcare and learning about how you can automate and help your business grow through technology and not have to spend your time when you can be using it elsewhere i think that's a very important feature of this talk and what he was hitting on the most as we can always use technology in the process of care, but you need to think about the utilization of it outside of care as well. One thing that Dr. Ryan said in this talk was technology can free up human time. And I think that's very important because that's what technology is for. It is to allow us to be able to do more and grow faster, but we have to know what we're doing and why we're doing it. And that's why we try to learn more and try to become experts in our field. For more information about Kineticense, you can go to www.kineticense.com to book your free online demo. On the next episode, I'll be speaking with one of my patients who is competing for his pro bodybuilding card, Josh Wise, who is also a trainer and a social media influencer. So Josh will be talking to us to how we can grow our business through social media and how Kineticense and functional healthcare has helped him progress through his own process. I created a new social media handle called the Palms Up Doc on Instagram to show how I'm using the technology to help patients every day. If you have a chance, give it a follow and you can see some posts that could help you learn how to do more with the technology. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm your host, Dr. Bo Sauls. Let's continue to learn about movement, performance, and rehab together.